of our missionary families that will be with us in the conference, Gary and Ann Lane. And then you have updates from Ed and Barbara O'Brien, as well as Rodriguez family and the Humphreys. And so good reports, encouraging reports, and opportunities also to know how to specifically pray for and with these wonderful missionaries that we are privileged to partner with in uh, worldwide evangelism. On Sunday night, we were talking about the test, or test, maybe it was Sunday morning, the testing of our faith. That was Sunday morning, wasn't it? Well, I, there was one of the small little sections that talked about waiting on the Lord, and I wanted to just pull that little segment out and kind of expand it and amplify that and talk about some uh, scriptures that instruct us to be waiting on the Lord. And uh, what we do when we're in God's waiting room, oftentimes we're expecting God to do something in our lives. We're praying and we're, when we pray, are we not supposed to pray in faith, believing, knowing that God can, knowing that God will, and we just pray with expectation. But oftentimes our waiting with expectation is, hurry up, Lord, I, you know what I need you to do, so just go ahead and get to it. But God's schedule often does not line up with our schedule. You know, culturally, culturally, um, the American culture has evolved to this. Instant gratification is just not quick enough. Everybody wants it right now. Um, you go to a fast food place, and I'm, I'm right there with you, right? You go to a fast food place, and if it takes th more than three or four minutes to get you a fully prepared meal, you're like, what's going on? The world is coming to an end. My hamburger took four and a half minutes to get to me. That's terrible. We're so used to just things happening quickly and fast, instantaneously. And we lament that young people don't want to, as it were, pay dues in a lot of segments of, of uh, accomplishment and all. They want to have, have the success their grandparents have worked all their lives for. They want to have it right now. Instant gratification, not quick enough. But we as Christians in our spiritual walk can certainly fall into the uh, category of being impatient with the Lord rather than waiting on the Lord. You know, God's way is always the best way. We, I say that, you I echo it as well, and we understand the truth of that. And we could subdivide that to say also God's timing is the best timing. We wait on him and know that he knows best. And so we're, we're going to look at what the word of God says, several, many verses that talk about our weight and kind of make some application as to how it, how it affects us in a practical way as we pray to the Lord in faith, believing, walking through life with difficulties, problems, burdens, and sorrows, and we find ourselves in God's waiting room, just waiting on God to work. The familiar verse is where we start. We use this on Sunday, Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The poetic nature of that scripture lends itself to, greet, lends itself to greeting cards and wall hangings. Can't you see the wall hanging with the eagle soaring high and the arced wings, you know, turning hard to one side or the other and the beautiful calligraphy with the verse inside. 
But beyond the beauty of the language and the imagery that comes to mind when we hear or read the verse, let us not lose the meaning and the impact of the verse at the beginning, but they that wait upon the Lord. Trusting God's timing. Yielding ourselves to God's schedule. And it can be in the most significant things. And it can apply to the seemingly trivial things, but what might be trivial to some is quite important to others. But in every aspect of life, God knows. It's a phrase I'm coming to learn a deeper appreciation of. Two words. God knows. And the acknowledgement of that, from those two simple words, the acknowledgement of that can have huge and will have huge impact if we are believing that and knowing it to be true that God knows everything. You see, when we're in a difficult situation, what is most commonly the, the hurt and the burden and the angst comes from what we don't know what's going to be the outcome? Where's the answer coming from? How am I going to get through this? What are the next few days, few weeks, few months, what are they going to bring? We don't know. But God knows. Your loving Heavenly Father knows. He knows all about you. He knows all about your situation. He knows what the appropriate response should be. He knows what will bring glory to himself in your life and in my life, he knows, God knows. And recognizing that God knows is to recognize, well, I can wait on God. I can wait on God. Let's amplify this just a little bit. I'll call several scriptures. They're the addresses, the, the scripture references are on the sheet. We won't have time to turn to all these. Listen carefully. In the 69th Psalm, verse 3, I am weary of my crying. You ever been there? I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My, mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. No one is suggesting, the Bible is not suggesting that when we're in God's waiting room, oh, it's just easy. It's just easy. No, no worries. I'm in God's waiting room. It's going to be okay. Nah. God knows it is going to be okay. But it's difficult oftentimes in God's waiting room. It's difficult. I'm weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. And yet the Psalms and other scriptures, the Psalms especially, is just sprinkled throughout the book with this unction for us to wait on the Lord. In the 123rd Psalm, verse two, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hands of the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maiden under the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. God's mercy is coming. God's deliverance is coming. We see a very small, limited perspective of life. God sees it all perfectly. We can't see our past very clearly. We have a muddled view. 
we don't see around us in the moment right now today because we're not high enough on the sphere of intellect to look and see everything that's around us. We only have just a little, just a little circle around us that we see. And we see nothing tomorrow, nothing into the future. And yet God sees past and he sees present and he sees future perfectly. God knows. God knows. And so we wait on the Lord knowing that his mercy is coming. Knowing that his deliverance is coming. As we've pointed out before and we we understand and know. Those of you that are dealing with health issues, some watching by way of the live stream tonight. And everyone that we're aware of in our church family who's dealing with a health crisis and a physical issues, I know 100% God is going to heal you. It's only a matter of location and time. Location and time. Healing is coming. My mother had a myriad of health crises in the last couple of years of her life. It became layered, frankly, her health problems. But she's 100% healed tonight. 100% healed. Did we pray for healing on this side of eternity? Sure. Sure, we're told to ask. And God says, yes, I'm going to heal her. But wait on my schedule, wait on my time. And she's healed. David's healed. Linda, completely healed. That big, strong guy, he's in full health. Full health. And your loved ones, your friends, folks that we've said goodbye to in the Lord, healing has come in God's timing. Waiting on the Lord. What do we do in God's waiting room? Quickly, we'll go through just 10 quick things. Be in the word, number one. Be in the word. This is such a key to being in God's waiting room. Just double up on the saturation of your life, your mind, your heart, your soul with the precious, perfect word of God. Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. There's nothing like being in the waiting room and hearing from the Lord. We've been in the physical earthly waiting room. Likely everyone here has. I look around, there's, we're all of, of adult age. Yeah, we've been in the waiting room for some many, many times. And in a practical sense, what are you waiting for most of the time? You're waiting for a word from the doctor. To come back from the test, to come back from the surgery, to come back from the scan, to give you the report. Waiting on a word from the, from the doctor. And even if it's a bad word, just getting the word, getting knowledge to know. And certainly looking forward to the good word. Well, when we're in God's waiting room, it's the word of the Lord that brings to us comfort and encouragement and hope. And the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. And so the Lord speaks to us from the pages of his word. Verse 6 of that same 130th Psalm, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. 
clinging to the importance of the word of God when we're in God's waiting room, waiting on God to move, waiting on God to work, leaning ourselves into God's schedule. Listen to the voice of the Lord as he speaks. The prophet Isaiah in 26, 8 says, Yea, in the, way, in the way of thy judgments. That's an Old Testament word for the Bible, the word of the Lord. Thy judgments. O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. The way of thy judgments. When we're in God's waiting room, be in the word. Number two, be patient. Be patient. Trust God's timing. We've already spoken of this. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 18, Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. What's the Bible teaching us here? A little simple picture that we understand. You plant a little sapling tree in your yard. And you uh, maybe you try to protect it even and put a little fertilizer on it, put a little fence around it, keep the deer off of it from tearing it up, all that sort of stuff. And you get it all fixed up. You get, make, your, make your three trips to Lowe's and you got it all fixed up there. And so how foolish would it be to walk out the next morning, I want to get apples off my little apple tree or I want to get pears off my little pear tree. No, you got to wait. And Proverbs speaks to us all so much in a practical sense. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. If you're tending to the tree, you're going to get to eat the figs. But maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not six months from now. If you've planted a little sapling, it might be three or four years. But if you'll tend to the tree, you get to eat the figs. And what are you doing? You're waiting. Waiting. Tending. You're doing the right things. You're in the word. We've talked about that. We're being patient, trusting God's timing. Psalm 40, verse 1. I patiently, excuse me, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. David's testimony is... If I wait faithfully and patiently, God is going to speak. God is going to bring the deliverance. Trust God's timing. Be patient. Number three, be busy. Be busy. Another psalm of David is the 65th psalm. Verse one reads this way. Praise waiteth for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee, Shall the vow be performed? While we're waiting and praising the Lord, acknowledging our trust in him, the vow shall be performed. In other words, following through on the commitments that we've made to the Lord. Following through on what we've learned we're supposed to be as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And we should be busy, be doing. We're in the waiting room. Being in God's waiting room doesn't mean you sit and just read the magazine. That's the way it is in the medical waiting room. You sit and wait by doing nothing. But in God's waiting room, we stay busy. We keep being obedient. We keep serving. We keep telling people about Jesus and we keep praising him. Be busy. 
37th Psalm, verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way. Keep his way. Guard the truth of the walk of the Christian life. Keep his way. Do what he has taught us to do. And he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. Number four, be strengthened. Be strengthened. Sometimes people are in God's waiting room and they're not strengthened. They're weakened. Why is that? Because they keep their eyes on the circumstances and on the hardship rather than their eyes on the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith. Looking unto God, knowing God's going to deliver mercy. God's going to bring healing. God's going to get me through this crisis. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm watching. I'm staying busy. I'm in the word. And when that happens, we can be strengthened. Not weakened. We can be strengthened. Listen to what Psalm 27 verse 14 says. Choir, Choir sings this, if you'll remember. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall what? Strengthen. Strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The waiting time doesn't have to be a declining time. In fact, the Bible principles teach us the opposite of that, that the waiting time can be a strengthening and an building up and an encouraging time, drawing us closer to the Lord by faith and causing us to lean exclusively on him, be strengthened in God's waiting room. Number five, be confident in God. That's how the strengthening comes. Be confident in God. Now the devil brings difficulties and sorrows and hardships to our life. And we talked about that Sunday. And and God allows these things at times, the trying, the testing of our faith. Of course, the devil brings temptations to us always seeking for the negative, God brings the testings to us to bring out his grace and glory in our life. And we can always be confident in God. In Psalm 62, verse 1, David says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. Now David was in some dark places and some difficult spots in God's waiting room. The king and the king's army were out to kill him. In his youth, Goliath wanted to tear his head off. He had been victorious in defending the the herds against bears and lions. David had been in some difficult spots in his family. With the death of some children, rebelliousness among some of his children. He says, truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. David, the mighty man of valor, the leader of the mighty men of valor, didn't thump his chest and say, I got this. He says, no, salvation is going to come from the Lord. It's not going to be me. He says, I'm going to be the recipient. God's going to be the deliverer of salvation. In Psalm 59, verse 9, the word of God says, But because of his strength, I will wait upon thee, for God is my defense. God is my 
defense. Art and Carol are watching at home tonight. Art's got some, another physical issue we'll share in the prayer request in just a little bit. And talking with Carol today, she said, Art, that you were just trusting the Lord in this time. That's what you must do. That's what we all must do. That's all that we can do when we're overwhelmed with difficulties and hardships. And with this, it's good to trust him because of his strength, David says, Psalm 59, 9. Because of his strength, I will wait upon thee, for God is my defense. God is your defense. He's my defense. Be confident in God. In other words, step out and exercise our faith in God. Don't let Satan trick us and rob us. Listen, when you're in God's waiting room, the devil hops up on your shoulder and says, God's forgotten all about you. Now, what's the basic idea that we know about the devil? What's the basic character trait of the devil? Class, who can help me? He's a liar. And for eternity, his pants are going to be on fire. He's always lying. The truth is not in him, Jesus said. And so when he tells you things about your situation and about how God is reacting to your situation, he's lying to you. Well, how do you overcome that? Well, go back to point number one, be in the word. The word of God defeats Satan. And so if we feed ourselves on the word and then deliberately understand Satan's lying to us, then we can be confident in God. Psalm 145, verse 15, the eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season. God's going to give us what we need. God's going to take care of us. The Lord's going to sustain us in his time, on his schedule. Number six, be joyful. Be joyful. The prophet Isaiah says in 25.9, It shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. And he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Now here's the, <laughs> here's the amazing thing about God. You don't have to see the end to go ahead and rejoice in the victory that's coming. You understand what I'm saying? God's already won. God's already won. And what God says he's going to do, he's going to do so you can rejoice as if it's already taken place. Let me give you an illustration that the men and maybe some women who are football fans will understand. A couple of weeks ago, we were watching the Mountaineers playing the Houston <coughs> Cougars, the Fighting Holgersons. And West Virginia comes ahead with just a few seconds left to go to seal the victory. And I'm so excited because the fighting Holgersons are going to take it on the chin from the Mountaineers. 
I'm rejoicing. I wanted them to win that game bad. I take it a little bit personal. It's a problem. I acknowledge it. I'm working on it. There's two people I root against every week, Rich Rodriguez and Dana Hogerson. Whoever's playing them, I'm for the people playing them. Well, this week it was the Mountaineers playing the Fighting Hogersons. And we had them licked. With 12 seconds left to go, we're ahead. Woohoo! We lost. We lost. Because in the human endeavors, there's always the possibility of some giant upset. There's always the possibility of some last-minute thing that comes. And, oh, my goodness. What a terrible way to lose a ball game. Listen, God doesn't lose in the last second. He doesn't lose in the first quarter. He wins. He's not going to be defeated. And we can go ahead and rejoice and shout and celebrate the victory even while the battle is raging all around us. God's already got it. We can be just as confident as if the buzzer has sounded in the allegory. Be joyful. And it shall be said in that day, Isaiah 25, 9, this is our God. We have waited for him. He will save us. <laughs> this is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Well, the deliverance hasn't come yet. That's okay. It's God who's making the promise. So it's, it's sure. It's certain. Number seven, be teachable. Well, this one's important and this one is hard. To be teachable. Again, in the, in the medical waiting room in the earthly sphere of life, you just flip through a magazine, scroll on your phone, you're just killing some time. God's waiting room is not that. God's waiting room in many ways is a schoolroom. God's always teaching us. God's always revealing himself more fully to us if we're, if we're willing to see it and receive it. As I say often, God's never content to leave us where we are. But he is always trying to shape us into an image more like his son, Jesus. And sometimes the place where that happens is in his waiting room. When you've been in the waiting room with the Lord recently, have you looked for the lesson? Have you opened your heart to the instruction that the Lord wanted to bring to you? Oh, I've got this terrible situation. I've got a crisis. I've got a crisis in my life. I've got real problems. I don't know what the answer is. Well, all these other things that we're talking about apply, but here's this one as well. Lord, show me what you want me to learn. Help me to grasp it. Don't let me miss the lesson. Don't let me miss the lesson. Be teachable. Psalm 25, 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee. Don't let me walk away or move away from what I know to be true about you, Lord, and about what I should be doing as your child. Let integrity and uprightness help me to maintain a rightness with you, Lord. As I'm in the waiting room, for I wait on thee. Psalm 25, 21. Psalm 25, 5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Waiting on God. Waiting on God. Number eight, be at rest. Be at rest. 
Now, we talked about being busy, doing the things we know we're supposed to do. Just keep doing the right things. But this rest that the Bible will speak to us about, and often throughout the Word of God, rest is about trust. It's about taking worry and fear and setting it aside. I'm just going to rest in the Lord. I'm just going to trust Him. I'm just going to sit down in the goodness of God. I'm not going to struggle and squirm. I'm just going to rest in God's goodness. The 37th Psalm, verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. We're surrounded by evil and wickedness and the last few days, it's been amplified and magnified. We turn on, the, turn on the news, check the news feed on your phone, and the evil and the wickedness that is playing out in some parts of our world just boggle the mind. That humanity, human beings could be so barbaric to little children. And we go from disbelief to anger to vengeance. That's what affects me. The Bible says, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Just rest in the Lord. Set worry and fear aside. Be at peace. Be at peace knowing your heavenly father's watching over you. And then number nine, be expecting. Expecting. Anticipating, as it were. Looking for God to work. Looking for his assignment of us in his waiting room to come to an end and the, the move out, the, the move forward, the, the resolution, the victory. Oh, we may not see it till we get to heaven, but we can expect it because it might come tomorrow. Not only that, the Lord might come back tomorrow. And so we take encouragement in that truth. Be, be expecting. Psalm 62 verse 5, my soul waiteth that wait thou only upon God. My soul, speaking to himself, my soul, wait thou only on God, for my expectation is from him. Our expectation ought to be with the Lord. You ever <laughs> wait for something you're expecting in the mail, like a, a refund on your taxes? You, you check the mailbox real often, right? Of course, it's all, a lot of it's done electronically now, but go back just a few years. And when, if you were expecting some kind of tax refund, man, the mail got checked early and often because you're living in expectation of that little check coming back your way. And we ought to have a, a spiritual and holy expectation of God bringing deliverance and bringing salvation and bringing victory and bringing the rapture <laughs> and bringing his kingdom. 
so we can we can be in God's waiting room and yet still having an expectation that God's goodness is going to break through. Number 10 and final one for tonight. Be praising. Be praising. You see, there's never an inappropriate time to praise God. There is never an inappropriate time to praise God. Now, there are inappropriate times to do some things, right? This is a, this is a significant part of parenting, trying to teach you know, elementary age kids and early teenage kids. Uh, that's not appropriate for this particular time. This is neither the time nor the place. But when it comes to praising the Lord, every place is the appropriate place. Every time is the appropriate time. There's never an inappropriate time or place to praise the Lord because he is king of the universe. He is the mighty God. He is the mighty conqueror. And he's worthy of praise. Whether we're in God's waiting room or just left it, or whether we're heading into it, or whether it's been a while since we've had to carry a particularly difficult burden, God is always worthy to be praised. Psalm 52, verse 9, I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. Just keep speaking the name of the Lord. Just keep speaking the name of Jesus. Just keep praising Jehovah God. Even in the waiting room. And may we say from what we're seeing in the word of God, especially in the waiting room, just keep praising God. I'd like you to turn to the 33rd Psalm as our final scripture tonight. And I'll have, it's a short one. I'll have us all just say it together. Psalm 33, Psalm 33, verse 20. I may have left, it's on your sheet, isn't it? Did I leave the text on your sheet or not? I did. Okay, you don't have to turn there. There it is. If you'll trust me that I cut and pasted correctly. Psalm 33, verse 20. Let's say it together. Ready? Begin. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. In God's waiting room, let's take the principles that apply. God's waiting room is never just twiddling your thumbs. Is that even a phrase young people know? Twiddle, twiddle your thumbs? It's never twiddling thumbs in God's waiting room. We need to do these things that the word instructs us to do. And let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are always with us. Lord, your promise is so comforting and encouraging that you never leave us nor forsake us. And so when we find ourselves in your waiting room, often, Lord, with pain, and heartache, difficulty, burden, sometimes, Lord, with strife and hurtfulness, Lord, may we look to you, you, our balm of Gilead, you, our comforter, our healer. You, Lord, the one who soothes us, comforts us and encourages us, teaches us, protects us and shields us. Lord, may we be faithful in your waiting room. 
to be obedient, to be praising, and all these things that we looked at, these principles that your word give us. Help us, Lord, to be profitable waiters on you, trusting your timing, your schedule. In Jesus' name, amen.